This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Time now for the Off Day Podcast with Andy Hart and Chris Scheim on WEEI.com. Another Off Day Podcast, this time the Prospect Podcast for the week. I'm Andy Hart. He's Chris Scheim. We talked Patriots earlier in the week. We talked about the trade of, conveniently, Devontae Parker to the Patriots from the Dolphins, which has now been made official. Patriots did a little cap maneuvering to get the deal uh, on the books. And Parker is now, I believe, in Tampa Bay with the rest of the Patriots receivers and Mac Jones doing some workouts and, and hanging out. And we are talking more about the wide receiver position. I would say, Chris Scheim, arguably the most interesting exciting and talent-filled position in the draft is that fair to say yeah I would say definitely especially nowadays like I just think the receiver position now is just chock full of talent and it's about finding the right ones and which ones will fit what you want to do on offense because I think there's so many it's like ice cream there's so many different flavors it's which one do you want today? Do you want you want cookies chocolate? You want yeah, a twist? You want oh, cookies and cream? Yep. You want I'm a big coffee Oreo guy. Like there's no. there's a there's a lot of different candy. types of receivers out there. There's no longer just your slot receiver and big tall outside guy. There's just so many in between now. And I think that's what makes it as fun as it is to evaluate. And even within the cotton candy, you have the cotton candy that has, like, the crunchy stuff inside, the yep. one that doesn't, that's just smooth. You have, like, the colors. funfetti, like the cake yep. batter. Yep. Oh, there's different cake batters because yep. there's, like, cake batter, then there's birthday cake, yep. red velvet cake. Yeah, I like ice cream. Strawberry shortcake. I, I like them all. I'll yep. take one of everything, please. I'm I like Baskin-Robbins. Give them to me all. Yes, please. Um, so from a Patriots perspective, and we touched on this a little bit on the – uh, regular podcast we did this week. Yep. Do you think the Patriots are still in the market for a uh, first, second round, top tier, whatever you want to call it, wide receiver? I think they should be. Uh, I, I'm not convinced after this trade that they are, uh, but I think they definitely should be. Like They should absolutely be thinking about receiver in the first round, and if not the first, then definitely the second. I am even more convinced today than I was on Monday when we recorded that podcast that they are still in the market for a receiver. I just think Bill Belichick looks around the NFL and sees these stupid contracts being given out. And we had another one going to Stephon Diggs uh, today that we'll see when the numbers come out, but it looks like he got somewhere in the range of $70 million guaranteed. Correct. And it was four for 102 with $70 million guaranteed. So... You know, the, the money is getting silly, upwards of 20 25 to $30 million a year, uh, depending on how you do the accounting for these wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and such. And I just look at, it, it's creeping towards, I said this yesterday to, to Lou and Christian on Merloni and Fourier, that, you know, we've accepted that you have to pay quarterbacks. If you get one, you have to pay him, whatever it is, 35 40 Now we're up to, I think it's $46 million for Deshaun Watson, average annual value. 
We've also accepted, for the most part, a lot of teams, you don't pay running backs. And now we're in the the early stages here, I think, of kind of figuring out what the over overbearing philosophy will be with wide receivers. Do you pay them? Do you not pay them? Do you try to get them on a short-term extension with big money so you get six or seven years out of them? Or do they start to go down the road where some teams just aren't willing to over-invest financially in the wide receiver market because, as we've talked about a lot, more and more good receivers are coming into the NFL with, from college where right out the gates they're contributing at a really high level. And, you know, we use the, the, the real top-end examples of Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, but there's a boatload of others that oh, have contributed a ton. a ton in the last two, three, four years. So I, I think the economics guy, the Bill Belichick economics major, he might be a guy that says, geez, we need to get one of those in the system. Instead of overpaying mm-hmm. at receiver, the Patriots have, I believe, the second most invested in the wide receiver position in the National Football League, and yet we continue to say – Wow, they need more help at receiver. They need a go-to guy. I think Bill says, we need to get value. We have the value at quarterback, rookie contract, Mac Jones. Let's get the value at wide receiver, rookie contract, and hopefully with an impact player. So I'm still optimistic that in the first two rounds, depending on what they do, if they trade down, add picks, all of that, that they are still going to target a receiver. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend that they're at least doing their diligence on all the top receivers in the first groupings, whatever it's, you know, Five in the first round, ten in the top two rounds. So I want to start off where we started off when we talked about uh, cornerback a little bit. And just looking at the NFL.com, we've chosen to use those as sort of our ranking uh, system. There's obviously different beliefs out there. They have Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, as their number one guy. Um, and the the thing they also have is Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Jamison uh, Williams, Chris Olave, and Drake London all really bunched up from 6.5 highest grade down to 6.4 before you get to the next tier a little bit there. So I want to start with Garrett Wilson because I do, it does feel like, I think Kuiper has him number one. I think most people have Garrett Wilson as their number one overall receiver. What are your thoughts on Garrett Wilson as being next in line for these impact all pro young receivers? Um, so I think Garrett Wilson's very good. Uh, I think he has tremendous speed. I think he's a fantastic route runner. I think he has really good hands. He's shifty. He reminds me a lot of Devontae Smith in some of the ways he plays, but also in his appearance. He's only six foot, a buck eighty three, and his legs look like twigs when I'm watching him on tape. Yep. And so those things scare me a little bit. I I, I prefer a more built out receiver. Um, I just like, I like a guy that's yoked. Jacoby Myers, by the way, on his, on Kendrick Ford's Instagram yesterday, looking yoked. That's what I like to see. I want to, I want a receiver that I know isn't afraid to take a hit and and give a hit back with the football in his hands. Um, and, and that, that's just my mentality a little bit when it comes to, you know, scouting receivers. So I think Garrett Wilson is very, very good. He would not be at the top of my board, um, he would probably still. He would probably be like number three for me um, if I'm making a big board of receivers here. But I, I think he is very talented. And I think he could have a lot of success. I mean, you know, just because he's skinny doesn't mean he can't have success. You looked at Devontae Smith in his rookie year; he had a lot of success. Like guys can do that. Uh, I, I'm not putting that past him by any means. Uh, I really like Garrett Wilson. Just don't love him. Uh, unfortunately, I think I we're kind of in lockstep on this. Oh, I wow. like him. Don't love him. Um, I feel like I like the Ohio State receivers less than 
the general rest of the okay, world can, does. So can, then can we just make this uh, an Ohio State receiver discussion real quick? Because sure. I, I, I completely agree with that sentiment. I really like Chris. I like Chris Olave more than Garrett Wilson, I think, um, especially where I can kind of get him in the draft. And I think Olave's red zone production is just better. Um, which I really like, but I just I, I feel like everybody is so high on these Ohio State receivers, and I, I'm not quite as high. I'm not quite there. I think there's uh, all these other guys. I I think I really like more, uh, and I would rather use my capital there than on these Ohio State guys. Yeah, I, would, I mean, one thing that certainly has bumped the Ohio State guys. They were well thought of, but also they both ran four three and change forties yep. at the combine. When you do that, and you're good and you're productive. You're going to bump up. It's going to help your, your grade. Um, I, I like Garrett Wilson better than Olave. Um, I hold, for some reason, and I can't even, I don't know if, you, if I should even trust my own memory, I feel like I remember Olave with some drops in games that I just watched over the last year plus. Okay. And I think that has somewhat tainted my view of him in, in one direction. I think they're both good prospects. Yes. I just don't put them in the... In the Jefferson chase, like, Correct. this guy is going to be a stud, change a quarterback, change an offense. But some people do with Wilson. A lot of people really do think Wilson. Um, I just don't I, see it. Like, with Olave, I see these unbelievably crisp routes, which is one of the things that encourages me more about him. But with Garrett Wilson, it's like, he does everything good, but I just, I don't, I don't see the wow. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm really in lockstep with you, and I think Orlovsky was the one I was watching on one of the ESPN shows. He said he thinks Garrett Wilson is the next Devontae Adams, and really? we all agree Devontae Adams is basically the best receiver in football right now. Um, so that's high praise for, for Garrett Wilson. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like both those guys. I don't think it'll matter from a Patriots perspective. Uh, certainly sounds like certainly Garrett Wilson will be gone. Yeah. And and Alave could be gone by the time the Patriots are on the board. Um, so I, I want to move on to some other guys. My my favorite top guy is Drake London. I'm with I you. Don't. Look at this. We I, it's 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 sometimes bad discussion when when two people are in a very similar wavelength. <laughs> but I just I can't. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you about it. I am with you. Drake London uh, is my number one. So go ahead. It, Remember the thing a couple of years ago where the guy was making fun of Nelson Aguilar in Philly because he caught the baby out the window and I didn't drop it? Catch it unlike Aguilar. If anybody had to throw my baby out a window, I would want Drake London to catch it. Yes. I think Drake London catches everything. Strong everything. hands, basketball player, You know, goes up like he's fighting for a rebound. Massive he, arm length. Everything about him, to me, oozes superstar yes. in the National Football League. And I know he had a, I think it was a fractured ankle. Thing that he dealt with um, that tends to, oh, a little red flag. I, yeah, we, you're all going to be injured, and you all have great medical attention, and you you should be able Modern to Modern medicine nowadays. <laughs> yes. I, I'm not concerned about Jamison Williams coming back from an ACL. I'm not nope. concerned about Drake London coming da- back from an ankle injury. A torn Achilles is the one injury uh, to this point that I, I get a little nervous of. But, I mean, even, uh, even Cam Akers came back in less than a full football season. So Right. So, to me, Drake London, just, you know, a 1,000-yard receiver, but just he had that man amongst boys yes. um, production. In the Pac-12, and just six foot four, two nineteen, and just can flat out make plays on the football. Like I, I would if I'm a quarterback, he's one of those guys that if he's open, I throw it to him. If he's not open, I still throw it to him because yes. I have a hundred percent confident. Open. Yeah, and and isn't that what we say? And again, I know we're talking about a guy that could be gone in the first ten picks in the draft, but that's what the Patriots should be targeting. Not a good agree. receiver, not a productive receiver, a go-to receiver, right? Yeah. Mac Jones' future, 
Binky or what you know, Gronk, Ben Coach, Julian Edelman, that guy that when the game is on the line, it's not really eleven on eleven. It's me and my guy versus you and your guy, and we're going to find out who's better. So I, I have a question for you, actually, in regards to Drake London, because okay. I am a firm believer in the idea. It's very popular in like the uh, dynasty fantasy community, and that's breakout age. Um, okay. I, if you are able to dominate at a younger age at receiver, even if you struggle your junior or senior year, the ability to dominate as a freshman or a sophomore or, or just age-wise younger than everybody else will okay. translate to the NFL. and almost always does. You see it with a guy like A.J. Brown in particular. Um, and, and so Drake London, to me, screams breakout age, right? He is tw- He's not even 21 yet. He cannot legally drink alcohol in the United States of America yet. And he's this never guy, touched a drop. And, yeah, probably. And, uh, <laughs> and this guy dominates like this isn't he has already broken out as a stud in college and so that's why for me the translation from college to the NFL I don't care that he's at USC uh, playing in the Pac-12 none of that matters to me I just watch him play and this kid can ball and and I think that's number one on my list of reasons why Drake London has to be uh, my top receiver and he's a guy that they moved all around. You know, I think he even took some um, wildcat snaps, but moved him around, had him run routes out of the backfield, so you know Patriots would be able to do something like that. I'm not going to say he's the quickest guy in the world. He's no. fast enough. He's more I than think, fast enough. What did he, he ran like a 4-5-6? Something. But it, I don't know. I just watch football, and he, he looks like a football player to me. I think he, sometimes we get too caught up in all this stupid track in stuff. My, in, when I watch him, it's like an amalgamation of the two Chargers receivers. It's like Mike Williams's size, but playing a little bit more like Keenan Allen. Like mm-hmm. that's what I see when I watch him play, and I, I love it. Okay, so we go from one guy that I love to the next guy that I love, and the next guy that I think, at least based on the mocks and values, may have a chance to actually be around when the Patriots are picking. That's Jamison Williams. I've been lusting after him basically since I don't know December, and I'm not going to stop now. Yep. We we just mentioned it. He had an ACL. Okay, great. He had an ACL. That's fine. He'll be back midseason. He'll be back to full form by at least his second NFL season. You know, I saw, I think it was McShay had a trade where the Chiefs trade up to get Williams. And when he explained it, he said, closest thing in this year's draft to Tyreek Hill is Jamison Williams. Six foot one, 179 pounds. So not thick, not thick by any means. Nope. Definitely lanky. But an absolute playmaker, 1,500 yards at Alabama, 20 yards a catch, basically. I think he had like 15 touchdowns, uh, big plays all over the field, catch-and-run kind of guy, high school track guy. Like- yeah, a little nugget for you. He actually set the uh, state record in hurdles, high school in oh. high school track. Uh, he beat Zeke Elliott's 300-meter hurdle record. Uh, in high school, so there you go. Interesting. As a sophomore, he did that. So, I mean, this is a guy that all-world athlete, all-world speed, and oh, by the way, we talked about two Ohio State guys, started at Ohio State. Yes, he Not did. started playing, but started his career there, transferred to Alabama, so pretty good job recruiting by Ohio State that they have three, I don't know, top 10 to 15, 20 picks in the NFL draft at their receiver crop there. Um, now, I know some have discussed, you know, do you want to wait? For the, for the ACL to heal, I mean, that's why you have the opportunity to get him. If not, a lot of people think this is a top seven type wide receiver if he were fully healthy coming out, out of Alabama. 
Any downside to Jamison Williams? What are your thoughts on Jamison Williams? I really like Jamison Williams. I don't see the Tyreek Hill comparison. Uh, people did that a lot with Jalen Waddle last year. Another yep. guy you lusted after. Love him. Um, and and, how'd, and you, how'd that work out? He's very good. I, I think right. he is tremendous. Not Tyreek Hill. That's no. why they went and traded for Tyreek Hill. And I, and I think, again, Jamison Williams, not going to be Tyreek Hill. But there's a big but here. He, to I me, like feels <laughs> he feels very much more like a Justin Jefferson than a right. Tyreek Hill, which Agreed. you would still take because Justin yeah, Jefferson yeah, is yeah, tremendous. Twice on Sunday. Exactly. He plays a lot like Justin Jefferson to me. I think he's a little faster, but Jefferson was more polished in his routes. Um, but I think Jameson Williams, excellent receiver. Uh, he would absolutely be uh, one of the top receivers on my board for sure. Uh, this kid can play. He flies, man. I just I love watching him. I saw I watched the I love watching the kick return too. It's just like one quick jab step and he is gone. Gone. This kid accelerates, which is you know what I'd love to see with the Patriots. That word gone. Yes, somebody gone. Yeah, because they believe don't have the number. That. I want to check my 11 touchdowns of 30-plus yards led the country last year. Yeah, that's in that insane. That, and, it is. And, and my my one thing here is do not let the Kansas City Chiefs draft him. Well, I, I'll, I'll give you three things because I've seen this in various mock drafts. Do not let the Kansas City Chiefs draft him. Do not let the Green Bay Packers draft him. Do not let the Buffalo Bills draft him. And I don't care about the Packers just because they're in the NFC. I, I don't. I don't worry I about do, that because I don't want Aaron Rodgers to look good. Okay, fair. I, I don't mind if Aaron. I like Green Bay. I personally like the Packers just as a team, not necessarily Aaron Rodgers, the but the Packers. Um, and so I don't care about that one. But I agree. Do not. If the Bills or Chiefs draft this kid. <laughs> The Patriots are porked, screwed, goosed, however you want to phrase it. They are dunzo. And it'll be even worse than the Nikhil Harry thing, regardless of who they draft. Yep. Because this is the top two teams in the AFC. Like, at least Debo, DK, those guys are in the NFC. Like, not all of it is like slapping you in the face. Exactly. With your disappointment. This will be a slap in oh, the face. And you'll see, imagine seeing him twice twice a season because he plays for Buffalo. Like I'm oh. uh, just not only twice a season, but twice a season opposite Stephon Diggs, who just you know locked up the next six years of his career. Jamison Williams just torching whoever you're, Jalen Mills on a daily basis. Oh God, <laughs> I'd cry. Okay, so are those the top? four receivers or do uh, you what are your I, thoughts on Traylon Burks okay cool I'm glad we got to this uh Traylon Burks I actually like more than Garrett Wilson uh Traylon okay. Burks would be either my two or three I kind of I kind of put him in the same category as Wilson and uh Williams Jameson Williams to yep. me Traylon Burks is like my kind of guy he is very Debo Samuel-esque he's big he's physical like he is strong he is yoked he he looks like at times he looks like an adult playing with young kids. He right. is just he is just he'll blow by you. He is not very refined at all. He is very kind of clunky in his technique sometimes, and I acknowledge that and I am aware of that. But the things he can do with the ball in his hands, the yak is just mind boggling. I think he is the best with the ball in his hands in this entire draft because he can not only break tackles but he can also make guys miss, which I think is is unbelievably attractive in a wide receiver at this age. Uh, so for me, I love Traylon Burks. I understand there's questions kind of with his hands sometimes. He's not like the most sure-handed receiver. I get that. But at the same time, people thought Jamar Chase couldn't catch at the beginning of the season too. So right. I, I yeah. love Traylon Burks. I, I um, Well, first of all, he's another guy that 
like you said, with the ball in his hands, and Arkansas made sure they got the ball in his hands. They all the time. around, found ways to get it Screens, to Screens, swing passes. All kinds of stuff. Deep balls, and, doesn't matter. I mean, at 225 pounds, that's a big dude. And he moves for he a big moves. dude. He moves. Now, he didn't run a great 40 when everybody else was running a great 40. 4 I think five, he was, 5 though, is still fine. Like, and It's I think fine, but also, when everybody else is running four threes, yeah, it's like, okay. I get that, but like, I think he just had up. a bad combine day in general. Like, none of his reps at the combine were all that great. I'd also uh, just say, we overrate that. Can he play? And I think he can play. Yes. Um, certainly athleticism. You know, he is a guy who at 225 pounds has been a returner in his career. Like, he can really make things happen. And I didn't – when I watched him catch, I was I was comfortable with his hands. Like, I think he's a hands catcher. I think he goes and gets it. Like, I didn't look at a guy that, that fights the football or is uncomfortable catching the football. So, I don't have any – I actually don't have any concerns with him. I, my only question is, I don't know that he'll... He started this process a little bit higher, and I don't know if it's just the 40 time, and he's kind of dropped down in the eyes of some. Like, there was one point in time... Yeah. Oh, Traylon Burke's one. top 10. Like, you don't... If you're the Patriots, don't I think the don't combine think hurt him in a lot it of did. people's eyes. Now, we'll see. It may not have hurt him in the NFL's eyes. Like, we Agreed. get into this caught up in this, oh, it hurt him, and that this guy dropped him, and this mock dropped him. He may still be seen as an elite physical specimen, uh, in the NFL, I know people compared him to AJ Brown. Um, yep, that's the other guy team. I saw. I literally in my description, <laughs> I have uh, very Debo Samuel, AJ Brown light. Right. Well, the the Debo thing is interesting because of the way they moved him around. Like, I don't yep. think he's going to take straight handoffs like Debo did. That's that's an outlier. Yeah, but I agree. Moving him around, getting him the ball in space, and doing some different things the way the 49ers like to do, not just with Debo, with, but with all their wide receivers. Uh, Traylon Burks is definitely. In that mold, I look I know. at that eighteen to twenty-four range, right? Yep. Like Philly at eighteen could be a possible spot. I think Pittsburgh at twenty could be a possible spot for him. Green Bay at twenty-two, Arizona and Dallas twenty-three, twenty-four. Like I don't yep. think he gets by Dallas, to be honest with you. And obviously, the Patriots are also in that mix there yep. at twenty-one. I would like that, but I, I I don't think they'll even look at him. I also just want to shoot down like there's this whole thing, um, and I know. Tra- uh, Phil Perry was was sort of early on the Traylon Burks. Would he make sense for the Patriots? Big body. And the immediate response or brushback is, oh, yeah, that's what they need, another big-bodied receiver, Nikhil Harry. Like, you, you blew the pick on Nikhil Harry. Like, nothing you do now is going to change that. But I don't think you're now fearful of big receivers because no, Nikhil be. Harry's and he's Thick. also very different than Nikhil Harry in that Nikhil yes. Harry was a catch point guy. He was a contested catch. I'm going to go win 50-50 balls receiver. That is not Traylon Burks' game at all. Actually, it's the complete opposite. I do not want to throw him 50-50 balls because I, it's not what he excels at. What he excels at is putting the ball in his hands and letting him do the work, which actually the Patriots have been proponents of for years so they did with Edelman and Welker just get the ball in short spaces let them make a couple moves get a couple extra yards we move the chains and I think Burks would be a very valuable asset to that because not only can you do that you can then take it to the house and you can get that word gone heard a couple times because Burks can make those things happen okay so those are the top five it sounds like in our mind sounds like it's certainly in NFL.com when I go there uh, the next guy I want to talk about is a guy I like I'm just not sure he's a number one receiver. And I do think there's a differentiation with a lot of these guys in this draft and really what the Patriots might be targeting. Is the guy a number one receiver potentially, or is he a good receiver? And there's no shame in being a good receiver, yep. 
But I think for the Patriots, you're trying to swing for the fences and get a number one. They have good receivers, especially with Parker now. They have four solid NFL caliber, whatever you want to term them and however you want to rank them, Parker, Bourne, Myers, Aguilar. They have receivers. It's not like the cupboard is bare. They need a number one now and for the future. So a guy that I like, but I don't know that he's a number one, is Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Agreed. Um, I was he, I was very nervous you were going to mention a different guy and we were going to fight. But this, nope. is, this take I'm with you on. 4'11", 178 pounds, so doesn't have the size of some of the other guys we've been talking about, but did catch 91 balls, um, is a playmaker, had 12 touchdowns, also does some returning, um, known as a great route runner, certainly is quick, like he's a sudden um, – uh, actually, I wrote not as sudden in his routes as I thought. Yeah, okay, not as sudden, sorry. Um, and I think is a good football player. Like, I think if he's your number two, he's, I think he's going to be one of those classic guys. If he's your number two, you got some good receivers. Yes. If he's your number one, you're getting by, but you don't feel great about it. I agree, yeah. And, and I think I think the one really inter- interesting thing about Jahan Dotson is, and I wrote down, he is a reception magician. There's certain situations where it looks very unlikely a receiver will be able to make a play on the ball, yep. and he is able to make a play on the ball. And I think that is a talent that not a lot of people have, uh, and he comes up with those catches all, a v- vast majority of the time, which to me is very impressive. And so I, I agree with you. I think in a system where he can be the number two guy, if you were playing next to a guy like Devontae Adams or next to Justin Jefferson, I think Jahan Dotson is a great player. I just don't think that he would be your number one overall guy, which is why I don't think he'd be drafted in the first round. Okay. Now, I want you to give me the guy you thought I was talking about. Uh, my guy. This is this is my guy. This is my favorite pick, and I actually would like the Patriots to draft this guy. Uh, he's a Georgia player. His name is George Pickens. Yes. This kid effing dominates. Another ACL kid, guy. Uh, yes, uh, it tore his ACL. He only played like four games, I think, yep. in 2021. Five catches last year. Correct. But as a true freshman, a true freshman, he had 49 catches for 727 yards and eight touchdowns. This kid can ball. He's massive. He's 6'3", 195. I'd like to put five pounds on him just to bulk him up just a little bit, but I I love the way he plays. I think he is long, tremendous catch radius. Like, if this... The, he has the makings of a guy you draft in the, at the top of the second round. It's why one of the reasons I was kind of pissed about the Devontae Parker trade is I felt the Patriots could have done something this year similar to what they did last year. They used their pick in the first round on a position of need that they feel they're getting good talent, a guy at corner back maybe and then in the second round you trade up from 54 to get closer to the top of that second round and you go get George Pickens right there it's a lot cheaper to move up there than it is in the first round and you're still in my opinion getting a guy that projects to be a legitimate number one style receiver Uh, I like Pickens I don't love him as much as some people do I know he's been a popular late riser in sort of the Patriots wide receiver talking points I've noticed on Twitter and through fans and, and things of that nature, calls I think I've gotten a couple uh, in my various radio shifts. He's a guy that I love his body control, ability to track the football, catch. Like He has a lot of that, and it won't stun me if what you just suggested is right, that he gets taken maybe in the 30s, and he is one of those guys like, I can't believe this guy got taken ahead of him. I, I actually think – I actually think he gets through most of the first round. 
Uh, you'll you'll see my mock draft later in the year, but I think oh. he gets through most of the first round until pick twenty eight, and the Green Bay Packers snag him at twenty eight well, to begin replacing Devontae Adams. I, I want unfortunately after we go through the prospects, I do want to touch on teams that need receivers, how that may affect things, trades, whatever. We'll, we'll get back to that, but in terms of Pickens, I definitely think he has upside. Uh, if the Patriots gut him what you suggested, like they go corner in the first round and get him in the second round, I'll be happy with it. Like if you I'll went be... Booth at twenty one and Pickens at yep. 50, if you were you had to trade up a little bit from fifty four, but say you get him at forty, like yep. I, I think that is the most ideal scenario, right? Now. I think there is a uh, I don't know if I would say the most ideal, but I think that would be a very palatable, enjoyable Fair. draft weekend for me I would and I, love it. that would lead me into the summer into camps with like hope and intrigue and wanting to see these guys I also it this is a stupid little thing but you know you got Mac Jones last year you got Christian Barmore you got the like going into a camp even or like a rookie setting and seeing Pickens versus a corner like setting up this thing where you know you kind of have both sides of the ball competing with each other for the foreseeable future is another little intriguing little idea of injecting youth at those positions um okay so i want to talk about another there's a few guys in here i'm just going to touch on david bell quick okay i'm I'm not a real david bell guy i know he was very slow um i think it was four six five maybe um just you know six one two twelve he's fine like is he going to have an nfl career yes I think at best he's a number two, maybe a number three receiver in the NFL. Not explosive at all, but definitely made plays. Can I just ask you, uh, he's basically Jacoby Myers, right? That's probably a fair comparison. A Jacoby Myers type. Like, you won't hate having him on your team. You'll like him on your team. And he'll make... You can't rely on him to be the guy. Yes, exactly. Like, he is a good two, three receiver where it's like, could he have a, a season where he has 80 catches for 850 yards? Yeah. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. But I, he cannot be a number one guy in an offense. Just not, not the plan there. Okay. Um. I don't know. Sh- sh- are we are we at the point where I should drop my guy that I fell in love with? Yeah, please. I mean, there's some more names I want to talk about. Um, elsewhere and some guys. I know there's some Alabama guys. People are probably interested in hearing us uh, opine on. But there's a guy that I, I'll be honest, didn't know much about coming into the process, okay. and I was just reading some things, watching some things, and I watched this guy, and I said, he's a patriot. He's just an absolute patriot, and that would be Boise State's Khalil Shakir. Ooh, who okay. I think is a second-round pick, maybe a third-round pick, day-two pick, I guess we can term him at this point. Uh, ran a 4 4 foot, 196 pounds, uh, four-year player for them, three straight years of 50-plus catches, just an absolute playmaker. When I watch him, he looks like a combination of sort of a Danny Amendola-type playmaker for them. Catch and run, tracks it very well. Captain, reading a little bit of the bios, there was all different various um, comments and descriptions of coach's dream, That's literally, I was just about player. to say, Lance Zerline's first words are a coach's dream. That was everywhere. You, do, you read anything about this kid, that comes up. Um, some comparisons to Antoine Randall L., the former uh, Steelers wide receiver. He just... He looks like a page. He ran a slow three cone. I actually asked uh, Mutt and I had uh, Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports on okay. uh, last week, I think. And I brought this guy up and he, he agreed with me that he screams Patriot, except for he ran a dinosaur slow three cone drill. Seven, two, the, eight, three cone. 
So they're usually sub seven team. They yes. want guys sub seven. And but I didn't know this. I haven't even confirmed it. But there I guess there was some talk at the combine that the way things were scheduled it actually hurt some guys in their three-cone drill because they had some things back-to-back? Well, actually, Andy, I can actually speak to that. It's one of the reasons the least amount of people ever have run the three-cone drill at a combine because okay. a lot of the guys just didn't run the three. They were just like, it was at the end of the day. They're just like, screw that. I'm just not going to run it. And so they just didn't run the three-cone drill because it was so, at 10 o'clock at night, and they're like, yeah, I've been doing this all day. I'm tired. I want to just go home and go to bed. Even more reason for me to ignore that then, that he did run it. Agree. You could actually see it as a positive that he at least competed and said, yeah, I'm tired. I'm going to be tired on third down in the fourth quarter. I might as well go out and compete. Some people may hold it against him. Maybe that even allows him to slip into the third round so Bill Belichick can snap him as the double-up receiver after taking Jamison Williams in the first round Ooh. and really inject youthful life into his passing game. But I don't know how much you like or dislike Shakir, but I think he's the perfect Patriot. Yeah, I think Shakir would be an excellent ad. Um, he's not my mid-round guy, so we don't have the same guy. That's Ooh, good. Interesting. Um and so I think he would be a good fit. I agree with you, though. I think you kind of have to throw out the three-cone drills for a lot of the receivers. Actually, just just about everybody at the draft. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Uh, do you know if Shakir will have a pro day? Because he, he is did. a pro day. He had a pro day. The Patriots were there. I believe both Troy Brown and a member of the scouting staff were at it. Because if he was having a pro day and he ran three-cone drill at the pro day, that's the number I would be more concerned with than the one at the combine. I, don't, I didn't see a number. I don't even okay. know if he did or did not run it, but I do know like, the Patriots my guy, My mid-round guy didn't even run the three-cone three drill. Who you got? What you uh, got? So, FCS guy for you. Ran a 4-3-6-40 Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. He's kind yes. of a popular name right now. He's rising Very much a lot so. of people boards. Huge riser. Yes, and, and I, I get nervous about that because that means, to me, there's no way the Patriots will take him because I think he'll get overdrafted by somebody. But I think he could be a really good playmaker for an NFL team. So one of the things you have to look at when looking at an FCS player, and we had to do this with Trey Lance and Carson Wentz before him, is that... If they are coming from an FCS school, they're clearly not playing the best competition. We understand no. that. Yep. But are they dominating at their level? And I felt like when I watched Christian Watson play, he dominated other guys. The numbers don't necessarily spell that out a lot of the times, but when I'm watching him against these other guys, I'm like, this kid clearly could have played D1 somewhere. Like, this kid was good enough. Uh, and, and so I love the size. At 6'4", 208, he's got long arms. I personally think Christian Watson is very, very good and could excel in the NFL. Uh, and so I think he would absolutely be worth a back half of the second round, top of the third round pick. Yeah, he's he's an interesting guy because he certainly has the measurables. You said the size, you know, the four, three, six, forty. Questions about the competition? He had. Uh, I was looking at it, fifty-seven plays of twenty-plus yards which tells you he's a big play machine at that level, also returned kicks, certainly has the straightaway speed. I think because he was so much faster and longer than the people he's playing against, I'm not sure he's that great a route runner from what I saw. Fair. Um, I think he kind of got away with just being who he was athletically at that level, which would obviously have to change at the next level. Although still, I mean – any level of football, six foot four, running a four three six forty is impressive. Like yeah, that stands exactly. out. Um, so he's an interesting guy. I don't know how high he's going to rise. I feel like he's a he's a classic Al Davis pick 
And I know Al Davis obviously dead. Oh, really? You think you think you think he'd be like an Al Davis pick? A hundred percent. Because oh, he would see, fall in love with that. the size and speed. I, I, size and speed, he would say, oh, my God, look, I don't care where he played. I'll develop mm-hmm. him as this. I think Al Davis would take this guy in the top 15 picks. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, I don't quite see that. Like, I love his athleticism, and I think he, he's tremendous. I just, I don't, it's not like a Darius Hayward Bay for me in this in that scenario, though, because, like, he's a very hard worker. Like, people people talk about his character a lot, and so I I tend to lean more towards a... A bit of a grinder, if you will, who's just extremely athletic, uh, and one of the reasons that that I felt like the Patriots might take a look at him at least is because he is a, a, like an exceptional locker room guy, and on top of that, then has the physical traits that he does. Yeah, I think he's going to have a disappointing NFL career. I'm going to make Ooh, that prediction right okay. now. Disappointing NFL career will always be a three slash four receiver who makes an occasional big play, but is never a guy to be relied on. Well, that could I hope you're wrong. Bite me. That could come back to bite me in the ass. But, hey, I like to put things on tape. I like True. to be definitive. Hey, fair. Um, okay, so let's get to the Alabama guys not named Jamison Williams. First, we'll start with uh, a fellow ACL uh, recovery guy from Alabama, uh, John Mechie the third. There's a number of those in this year's draft. Um, 5'11", 187, very productive. I think he had 96 catches last year, 155 in his career. Like, dude was productive. I think he's solid. I think he is a good player. I think some people think he's like a number one in the NFL, he's and not. I don't see that. No, okay. I agree with you. Okay. I think at I think at best you could see him have um, an Amon Ross St. Brown type breakout. Like that's best case scenario in my opinion. Um, but I just I don't see it as realistic. Like I remember when we did this last year, we talked about Amon Ross St. Brown and how he projected as a slot receiver. Seemed to be a very like a vacuum. He sucked everything up. Not a huge catch radius because he's a smaller guy, but he was good with his hands. He was able to create some space, and he might project as a number two, number three guy in an offense. I see Mechie very much in a similar way. I don't not I do not in any way see him as. A Justin Jefferson or a Jamar oh, Chase no. type, nothing nope, like no that. Chance. Don't ever, don't get your hopes up. Just because he went to Alabama doesn't mean he's some stud. He could be very good in the NFL. I just see him as as your run of the mill slot receiver type. He got a lot of targets because he played at Alabama. They threw the football a ton. Yep. I I don't see him as anything super special. Right, but I I do think he'll have a productive career. Yeah, I think he absolutely could. Like, he could have a Danny Amendola-esque career, right? Like, where he's good, but he's never going to be a perennial pro bowler. He's not going to be an all-pro probably, maybe once, if he's he's lucky. I just just don't see it. I haven't done a lot of sort of the middle of the draft mock um, reading. I think he's a guy that whose production will be viewed through the lens of where he was taken. Mm -hmm. And so as a fourth-round pick, Good, good production. If he goes in the second round, yeah, might not, not be seen it. as as good a production. So, yep, okay, that's the first um, Alabama secondary receiver. The next one is a controversial one, just a cliche one in my opinion. Uh, Slade Bolden, 5'11", 193, slot receiver out of Alabama. So, of course, he's going to be a slot receiver in Bill Belichick's New England offense because it's, you know, slot this, slot that. Um, I have no interest. I think he's an undraftable player. Um, you want to bring him in as a rookie free agent in camp, like a Gunnar Olszewski type, um, and just see what he can do. 
that's fine with me. But these people that think he's the next in the, the slot New England line, I, I just don't see it. Yeah, like, just stop. Just because he's a white slot guy that played for Nick Saban doesn't mean he's going to be Belichick. I avoid saying guy. white. But yeah, well, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say it. That's fine. Okay, you don't have to be white. the bad guy here. I will. Um, I, I just, like, if I'm going to take a guy at this in that spot, right, at the slot position uh, with not great, athleticism, not a ton of measurables, even not a ton of stats. I'm going to look at a guy like Hunter Renfro, who did it in the biggest moments. Slade Bolton, to me, like, he's fine. Sure. If you want to take a seventh-round flyer on the kid, go for it. Sixth-round flyer on the kid, go for it. But I'm not taking him on day one or day two. Sorry. It's interesting because I hate when we get to the point where we're critiquing these athletes because, like, you look back and he was the Gatorade Player of the Year in high school in Louisiana as a quarterback. Again, that'll probably make people think, oh, Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman. Yeah. Um, he ran a four six six forty. And to me, he just looks like a preseason player. Like, yeah. if you watch him in the fourth quarter. Fill out and the 90 man. Jarrett Stidham throwing to him. You're like, hey, he, he, he's not bad out there against the Jimmies and the Joes that'll be in the car washes next week because they'll be out of the NFL. I just, in terms of like upside career, that's where I would say the Gunnar Olszewski comparison. Like, he clearly has not evolved into an NFL caliber receiver. Now, not his fault. He was a DB at Bemidji State. Yeah. But. I, I don't think Slay Bolden will ever be an NFL caliber receiver either. So. No, and he has some return experience, so like there's a yeah, chance great. that he makes a roster as a return guy, and yeah, good for him. But he's not he is not going to be a uh, playmaking receiver on any team in the NFL. Sorry. Okay, a couple more receivers I want to go through here before we wrap this up. I know yep. there's one a lot of receivers will be drafted. Sure. We're not going to hit on all of them. I I, I mean there's there's going to be whatever it is, sixty receivers drafted, probably something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, we're hitting you maybe a quarter of them. Um, what do you think of uh, Wandale Robinson out of Kentucky via Nebraska? Breakout year. Did nothing at Nebraska, and then he had uh, over 100 catches last year, um, just made plays all over the field. And, I, well, let's see, 4-4-40. Um, to me, I like him. He's a gadget plus guy is what I termed him. Like, I think you can get him the ball and use him as a gadget jack-of-all-trades player. Yep. But I also think he might develop into more than that as a more reliable playmaker as a receiver. I think with the right offensive coordinator, right system, the right guy who wants to utilize him. Like this is a guy, Wandale Robinson, that I could see going to Kansas City and Andy Reid finding a way to make good use of him. Ooh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. So he's definitely a gadget type guy to me. Um, Not gadget plus? No. The 5'8 thing, man, scares me. I just... What's That's wrong with short. short people? Nothing. Nothing's wrong with short people. Jack but when wagon. I'm drafting wide receivers in the NFL, uh, I want them to be a little. I want them to be as tall as me. I'm only five eleven. I'm not that tall. But like, I just. I think yeah, you're also not as quick. You don't have the vision. You don't run a four four forty. He would have a lot of attributes. I put him somewhere in between, like Lynn Bowden and uh, half of Debo Samuel. <laughs> like it's is is there a chance he has some success in the NFL? Yeah, of course he especially in a good offense, an offense like I don't know, like Kansas City or like Buffalo or uh something like that. Could he have some success? Yes. Is he going to be a stud on any team? No, I don't think so. So you you won't like that I wrote poor man's cheetah. No. That's that's way too much. That's too okay. much. I'm sorry. It's, I have a different guy who's a better gadget guy for you. Okay, well, I have let – let me do my uh, dorky radio uh, transition here. Oh, yep. I may have sky-high hopes 
for Wandale Robinson, but I'm not as high on Sky Moore. Well, that was I the guy I was going to talk about. Look at that. Really? Excellent. Yes. You like him better? I think he's I like, a jag. No, I think he's way better. Because oh, it, jag. It's, it's funny. I watched Sky Moore play, and I was like, huh, it kind of looks like a running back playing wide receiver. Yeah. That's what, that's what I thought I I can agree him. with that. But he's, he's not bad. Like, I think he's I solid. He was bad, but, like, I think he's solid. How much upside? I think, uh, I think there's a little more than Wandale Robinson. I don't think so. I, see, I think this is a guy that gets by in his grit and balls and scrappiness and working the middle of the field and all those things. In a day where you want to be able to move your players around in the formation, I think Sky Moore makes sense because he's not. Don't get me. Don't get it twisted when I say this, but like he can do similar things to what they're doing with Debo Samuel, right? Where you can stick him in the backfield and you could probably hand the ball to him a couple times and you can swing him out wide. You can run him in a screen. He can actually run routes. Like I think his versatility lends more to current NFL offenses than a guy like Wandell Robinson, where Wandell is a specialist. He is a specialist in being a, a quick receiver type. That, that will only play in the slot, whereas I think at least with Sky Moore, you can move him around in the formation, and he has that versatility. So, And he was also kind of the talk of the town at the Combine. People loved him. He had a good good day at the Combine. Great for him. That's not what I care about quite Well, he much. did. He ran a four four one, and one of the first things I Way I faster was, than I expected. He doesn't play to that speed. No, I, I He does not look like that on the football field, which nope. I don't like that. I downgrade he guys is, for that. In my opinion, Sky Moore ends up as a better version of Ty Montgomery, who's now on the Patriots roster, by the way. So. Right, and let's be honest, Ty Montgomery not all that great. No, either. not hey, don't get me wrong. I didn't say Sky, Sky Moore was going to be tremendous, but I like him more than Wandale Robinson. Okay, before we uh, before we move on to, I just want to have a quick general discussion. But before we move on, so your favorite wide receiver prospect is George Pickens. Uh, George, yeah, George. He's my favorite. I want George Pickens. No, no, no. Favorite overall. Oh, you mean like not okay. for the Patriots? Just favorite. If you were a GM oh, okay. and you could draft anybody, your favorite wide yeah, receiver it's Drake is. London. Drake London. Um, I'm similar. I'm torn between Drake London and Jamison Williams for my favorite overall. Now, be different. for the Go Patriots. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> said, be different. Go Jamison Williams. Okay, Jamison Williams is my favorite. <laughs> He's going to be a star. And for your favorite Patriot receiver, either high end or mid round, give me a name. I think number one for me, Traylon Burks, um, but a close second would be George Pickens. Okay, I'm sticking with my guy, wild card Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. Um, he looks like a Patriot. He feels like a Patriot. And given all the talk about trading down, accumulating picks, maybe he's part of that whole process in the second or third round of the day, too. I did want to touch on the trade idea because you mentioned it. There is um, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes trying to replace Tyreek Hill. There's the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers trying to replace Devonte Adams. There's the Buffalo Bills apparently on the lookout to add another receiver to their uh, arsenal for Josh Allen. Are you concerned at all that the Patriots would be even willing, especially a guy like Andy Reid, Bill Belichick's trade buddy, they've made 800 trades over the years, it, would you be concerned that the Patriots could be the landing spot for one of those teams to trade up and take one of these receivers that you and I love and move down, collect more picks, and let that guy go to another offense. Uh, yeah, I'm now petrified of that. Thank you for putting that in my head. <laughs> I don't I, – oh, God. Well, so here's here's my big issue, too, is it feels like – and you can tell me if I'm wrong – it feels like every team, for the most part, every good team in the NFL is looking to add to receiver – even with top-end receiver talent on their team, yep. and the Patriots are just like, eh, we'll get value where we can. Yep. I yeah. 
oh, I hate that approach so much. I don't like it. Stop, well, plus, stop they're not your, getting value. So that's the worst value. part of it. The reason value is successful is because you have the greatest quarterback of all time. Stop worrying about value and go get legitimate professional players. Like, give me a legit number one receiver and then t- or a legit superstar and then tell me you're going to fill the rest out with value. Okay. Like, so, like I, it's just, oh, it's infuriating. So let's flip the question on its ear. You have fears of them trading out, trading down, moving around, giving somebody else a receiver. Would you be stone cold stunned or do you even leave open the possibility? Could they trade up for a receiver? Let's just say Burks or Williams is on the board at, I'm going to throw a number out there, 17 or 16, right? The Saints have 16 and 19 now, I believe. Yes. So let's just say 16, they're on the board. Would the Patriots potentially make a move to go get somebody? I am not convinced in the slightest that they would move up. <laughs> I'm uh, not they, either. I think, I think they if, if he was there at 18, where Philadelphia is picking second, yep. I think there's a chance they move up three spots. That's... That is the. I'm not even only, sure they do that. I don't. I don't think so either. I am. Unless a slim the value chance. is so good, that's the one thing. Is with everybody talking about trading down, and this year's draft is middle heavy, and the difference between 15 and 40 is not that much. Blah 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 blah. Maybe that devalues some of those picks to the point that you can trade up at a lesser lesser cost than maybe in another year. Well, I think so. Years. I think you actually you brought up the the Saints trade. I think you actually kind of saw that right. So the Saints traded up. Uh, to 16, they basically flipped a bunch of picks just to move up to 16, and Philly got a first-round pick next year. So they just basically mortgaged the first-round pick into a first-round pick next year and some late-round picks. And <clears throat> I think you're seeing them do that because they're like, ah, there's a couple guys in this draft we like. We don't need three re- three picks in the first round this year. Instead, right. let's have two next year when the quarterback market is better and we can trade up if Jalen Hurts isn't the guy. And so I think you're seeing a lot of teams do that. Another reason why it's the least amount of teams drafting in the first round that we've ever seen. Um, and so I think if the Patriots, for some reason, valued a guy like Traylon Burks as a top eight guy, top seven guy, and he was there at 18, maybe they move up three spots to go get him, especially because the cost probably won't be that high since it's not for a quarterback. But I don't, I don't see it as likely. Is it a possibility? Yes. I just I don't see it as likely at all. The other um, issue here surrounding sort of the idea that the Patriots may still be targeting a first-round wide receiver is the more that we get Willis, uh, Ritter, Pickett, guys being quarterbacks, being pushed into the top 10, 15, 20, wherever these bodies end up landing, that pushes guys down at the wide receiver position and other positions, linebacker, cornerback, whatever you want to talk about. And I think that would be a significant be- – the more quarterbacks that they can get to squeeze into those top 20 picks benefits the Patriots at 21. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I, I think I think the most likely scenario, to be honest with you, they trade out of 21, trade back, and then maybe they snag George Pickens at like 31 or 32. And you're in love with George Pickens, so. Yeah, well, er, er, okay, somebody at 31 or 32. They trade back and get somebody at 31 or 32. Hopefully it's someone we like. I just said George Pickens because if they trade back and get George Pickens, I'm like, okay, I don't hate this. Because then you still have your second-round pick, and you added more assets. But if you're trading back to 31 or 32 and taking Zion Johnson, I'm going to punch my monitor. 
Yeah, I uh, I told the boys on Merloni and Fourier yesterday if if I'm doing the draft night show on WEEI from seven to midnight or wherever it's going to be, and the Patriots are on the clock at twenty one, and Jamison Williams or Traylon Burks, one of those guys, is on the board, and then Roger Goodell announces. We have a trade to announce, and the Patriots trade back, and Andy Reid takes Jamison Williams, or Matt LaFleur takes Jamison Williams. I am going to swear. I'm going to say F words and C words and S words. Yeah, you told me this on Monday. You told me I need to alert whoever is producing you. You do, because I'm concerned. I am concerned that I'm going to go the George Carlin route and just run down the list of words you can't say. What is it? Six (laughs) words? Seven words? Seven words. M or F -er and whatever the hell the others are. I'll figure them out. I'll make some up along the way. Um, I'm starting to think that's a legit possibility, and I'm not really all that excited for it. But I am excited for the draft. I am excited Same. for the wide receivers that Me are going to go. And I think we just gave a quality podcast rundown on our thoughts on at least the top, what, quarter, 25% of the receivers that you're oh, going to yeah. see taken. Any receiver on... you're going to see taken basically in the first three rounds we hit on for the most Correct. Part. And we have some bold predictions. We had some differing opinions on – Certain receivers. I think we had some differing opinions from the uh, mainstream media on some yes. of the top receivers. Yep. So in a year or two, we'll forget, but maybe people can remind us that we did an off-day podcast <laughs> where we had some some big hits, some big misses, whatever it may be. So that's going to do it for the off-day podcast wide receiver prospects edition. Next week, we'll continue with our prospect series. I think we're going to move on to the offensive line because whether you like it or not, There are certainly enough rumblings out there that the offensive line is a significant need for the Patriots, and they could actually be considering taking a guard at number 21, an offensive lineman on the first day or the second day. So we will look at some of the top-end tackles, the best centers, the best guards, and maybe guys that fit the uh, Patriot profile needs and or mold. I'm Andy Hart. He is Chris Scheim. This is another exciting edition of the Off Day Podcast. And we've reignited the Twitter account. So if you want to interact with us, you want to interact with Scheim, he'll be running the show over there. It's at Off Day Pod on Twitter. And if you want to go rate us on the Apple uh, uh, iPodcast page, leave a a rating, tell us how much you like us, hate us, what we can do better, and uh, download the Odyssey app because that's the easiest place to get the Off Day podcast. But uh, until next week, unless there's an emergency podcast along the way, which I never rule out with the Patriots, never rule it out. Until then, he's Chris Scheim. I'm Andy Hart. Peace out. Enjoy the Masters. You've been listening to the Off Day Podcast with Andy Hart and Chris Scheim on WEEI.com and the Odyssey app.